I want to make every day count. I want to do something every day to help another human being and to just share something, you know, positive and beautiful with people. Hi, I'm Lily Cornell Silver, and welcome to Mind Wide Open, my mental health focused interview series. Today, I am talking to Global Head of Rock at Spotify, Allison Hagendorf, and MTV host Matt Pinfield. Allison and Matt have been friends for 20 years and now consider each other family, and Matt has been very close with my family for a long time, so I'm excited to chat with them about maintaining mental, physical, and spiritual balance, especially these days. Thank you so much for watching, and I hope you enjoy. Hi, you guys. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so pumped to be part of this. This series is so special and I'm just psyched to be here today with you guys. Thank you. So you're both obviously in the music industry, have been for a long time, pioneers of rock and roll. I would love to have you guys talk about a little bit how you met each other. Long story short, I grew up watching MTV and knowing I always wanted to be a VJ on MTV. Mm -hmm. And Matt Pinfield was my favorite VJ. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to be Matt. Like that was it. I just thought that Matt was unique because he was so authentic and knowledgeable and credible and he had the best rapport with artists and he was really the liaison between artists and fans and Mm -hmm. I always just wanted to be in that position. So, you know, you can't just decide I'm going to grow up and be a VJ on MTV. So I figured I would just start somehow in the music business. I started like stockpiling CDs at record labels and stuff, but I became a college rep. Um, when I was at Penn State and I won rep of the year and I got a job offer at both Columbia and Epic Records. And I knew that Matt Pinfield worked at Columbia Records. <laughs> now the true. job I was offered had nothing to do with Matt, but I was like, I'll just take it. <laughs> and I'll find my way to meet Matt. Lo and behold, Matt's the best. And we became fast friends. And then I literally pitched to Matt and HR to become Matt's assistant uh-huh. and became Matt's right hand for many years and just fell in love with Matt and our relationship and A&R, which is, you know, scouting bands and making records. And the rest is history. But this is a good, like, 20 years ago now. That's so crazy. Wow. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? I know. I cannot believe it. You know, but it's great, <laughs> Allison. I love it. And, you know, what's so great is we've stayed, like, family ever since then, Lily, you know, which is so, so important to me. It's amazing when you have true relationships with friends that you love and, you know, those, you, you have those relationships that really last through everything, you know, and, and obviously, uh, you know, my life has been a pretty crazy roller coaster. You know, I've struggled with, you know, alcoholism and addiction and, you know, most of my adult life is not all of it um, and gone through periods of sobriety, but um, it was, it's been, you know, it's been an incredible ride. And, um, so that's when, you know, you're, you know, who your true friends are and the people that absolutely love you who will, uh, you know, stick by you through some of the rough times, but also, you know, be there for the great times as well. So that's the really cool thing about Allison. And I know she's very proud of me right now for this six month, you know, marker that I made for this weekend, which is great. You know what I mean? Beautiful. Congratulations, Matt. That's huge. That's huge. And I wanted to tie it back to that as well, just in the topic of, of ending the stigma around mental health and addiction. Both of you have obviously put in a lot of work uh, towards that in the public eye, but Matt, I just read your Rolling Stone article about, um, what it was like relapsing during the coronavirus pandemic. And you've been so 
you've been so open and honest about that. And I think that's something that's huge because I can imagine there are so many people struggling with that right now and would love to hear a little bit about that story and, and how you've been taking care of yourself since then. You know, I, it's one of those situations where, you know, at the time, yeah, I was living alone. I'd ended a relationship that I was in about a year and a half before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, being a, a person in the program, uh, in recovery, it's so important that you have support, you know, from your fellows, from the men and women that are also in recovery. And at the time, uh, what happened to me was, you know, I was just spending a lot of time alone. And it went from being where, and I know so many people watching right now have been through the same thing. You know, I was always out uh, at shows. I was out uh, attending recovery meetings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was just eating out, going to comedy shows, going, going, going to see music, and just spending a lot of time because, you know, there's that thing that the human contact is so important to me. And, uh, and I think that so many other people uh, that, are, that are in recovery, um, it's so important that they stay connected uh, to to other people. Um, and I think the isolation is such, um, a really difficult thing. And, you know, I, my friends discovered, they could tell that I had picked up the bottle again and, um, and then came to my rescue, which was amazing. But yeah, and it happened, uh, where it, it, because, you know, I've struggled for many, many a year. Um, it happens very quickly. It's one of those situations where, you know, you go from zero to like 60, uh, in a matter of days. And, right. uh, you know, my friends were like, you know, listen, we got to get you help and um, we're going to do something for you. And But I, I was blown away by the outpouring of love and support that came, you know, from, you know, musicians and, and people that I had worked with in all my different jobs over the years, whether, you know, BMTV or Columbia Records or, you know, K-Rock and, and your mom, you know, who I've mm-hmm. Lily, I've been friends with your mom. I love your mom so much. And I've been friends with her forever, you know. And, you know, when I hear from your mom or for Allison and they say to me, uh, Matt, you look better than you've ever looked. I mean, I know they mean it. And it makes me feel feel really good about what I'm doing. And I'm working hard at it. You, know? you look the best you have ever looked. And, you know, <laughs> like, okay, so I've known you for 20 years. But you're really good also on social, like, to show, like, you know, Throwback Thursdays or whatever, like, photos of you and you literally look better now than decades ago. I mean, you're, you're a dreamboat, Matt, when you, when you're healthy and focused, I mean, it's, you're a bright light for all of us. You know, it's just, this is a gift. Your sobriety is a gift for all of us. So I'm so proud of you. Just keep no, going. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Allison. you know, and I, and I can't go backwards. And like I said, Lily, I'm, I'm completely accountable, but I love the way I feel right now. And, um, you know, and, and by telling my story in Rolling Stone, when they asked me if I would do it, and people said to me, well, that's really brave. And I said, but it's not really because I wanted to be completely transparent because like your show focuses on, I want to get rid of the stigma of mental health and the struggles of alcoholism and addiction and let people know that they're not alone out there. There are so many people out there like myself. And... Uh, I'm just grateful to be here today, you know? I'm, I'm grateful I'm happy to have you. you. I'm grateful to have both yeah. of you. And, and I completely agree. It's when you, uh, in my experience with mental health, but I know many people that have had this experience with a number of things that when you do finally talk about it with somebody or talk about it in an open platform, you realize like there was no need to be ashamed at all. You know, there, there is no need for the stigma that surrounds things like this. So I'm, I'm so happy that that's been your experience. And I totally relate on the front of, um, you know, wanting to share your experience and what you've been through in order to help other people. So that's huge and super healing, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel uh, incredible. And I, and I love doing that. And, you know, I'm helping out 
people that are struggling that are just getting sober and clean right now. I'm, you know, so like the, the, what I call the newcomer, you know, people that are literally just either just coming back from relapsing or people that are, you know, had a really rough time during the pandemic. Cause you know, like I said, people had so much time on their hands. A lot of people lost jobs. They mm-hmm. were under a true pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and the isolation and just, and the uncertainty. And I think all the anxiety that went along with so much of the pandemic was also a trigger for so many people. But, you know, I've been, I've been able to come out the other side of it and just feel so good. And I just, for me, it's like, I know that my calling is to help others and to, to be an example for people. And, you know, and I'm doing it. And it means like, you know, I work out, I hike, you know, and it's crazy. Allison could tell you the story. You know, Allison was there by my side in the hospital. It's amazing that two years ago that I was hit by a car and I was killed. You know, that story is just incredible too. Walking across the street and, you know, seeing this car racing toward me out of the corner of my eye and then jumping up, which probably saved my life. Instead of going under the car, I would have, who knows, you know, if I would have survived. Broke my leg in half, it snapped it, and then my head went through the windshield and tore my head open, and then they hit the brakes, and I spun off the hood of the car and landed about 15 feet away. Miraculously, I wasn't paralyzed. I didn't have brain damage. Um, and I was able, in about eight months, to walk again. And now, I, you know, I have a metal titanium rod in my leg, and, you know, it was very traumatic. You know, I'll tell you what's interesting, too. And I remember telling Allison this. Remember how I am, um, because they, they knew I had PTSD. They knew mm-hmm. there was going to be some, there was trauma. And, um, and they, they would ask me every single day uh, and come in. And, um, and they said, at some point, you're going to have, you're going to, it's going to emotionally, you're going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, um, and for me, um, you know, I've dealt with it through some therapy, which I think is very important. Absolutely. You know? Al, so what do you, I just, because <laughs> I, I, no, I, I always say, I tell Matt all the time, it's like, you know, like they're like cats have nine lives. Well, Matt Hanfield has like nine billion lives. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. So when this last time happened and everyone was part of this GoFundMe, I like gave Matt some tough love and I was like, yeah. this is it. Okay. You are now accountable to all of these people, you know, like, you know, Matt, Matt is so loved. And, and each time that he had a, you know, a struggle or a setback, he always had a friend or someone to come, you know, through and help him out. But this time it was like the world. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, on top of everything, you need to be healthy for all of these people. But like, I'm just so proud of you. And like I said, just the best you've ever looked, the best you've ever sounded. I mean, Matt and I talk every single day. And uh, I think that this next chapter of your life is just the beginning. I think it's a beautiful new chapter, a new start. Yeah, it is. It, it feels great. You know, when I was in rehab, and I want to I talk about while I was in treatment, yes. eventually, right before I got out, and uh, Allison knows this, uh, they, they, they let me look at the letters and the notes that came with the donations. Mm. I was in tears because people I can were imagine. Just, you know, people were just, the, the heartfelt. Uh, love and support like it just completely choked me up I was so humbleized by the whole thing I mean you know which is so important you know just to be that and to stay humble and and just really in the present and it was just the most beautiful thing you know because life happens on life's terms you know not everything goes exactly how you want it to go and that's just a matter of being alive that's part of the experience and the journey but you know I make a list of five things that I'm grateful for and it might be 
my daughters, you know, um, uh, my two daughters who I love so much and, you know, and my mother that she's still alive at 88 years old and, and my incredible friends and, you know, and how lucky I am to get to do what I love and still make, you know, make a living talking about music and turning people on to music. I love it so much. It's always been a big part in my heart. It was my dream when I was a kid. So how blessed am I? How lucky am I? And that's the thing I remember. It's always important to start your day that way. And sometimes, you know, if you're having a bad day, like halfway through the day, people have said to me, oh, you know what? You might want to take that list out again halfway through the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that gratitude and, and that human connection and having connection with, with your friends and your people is something that's so important. And you touched on, Matt, um, with the pandemic, with that feeling of isolation. I think it hit everybody pretty hard. And I was curious from, from your perspective, Allison, uh, whether, you know, it was directly your experience with Matt or anyone else that's in your life that has struggled with addiction or struggled with mental health. What does it look like for you to be an ally to them? I know I've had plenty of friends and family members that are struggling and, and I don't always know how to be there for them, you know? So do you have, do you have any suggestions in that vein? Yeah. I mean, look, I, when you, if you have someone that you're extremely close with that is an addict, I mean, there's nothing more heartbreaking. It's, 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 it's the most impossible situation. Right. Um, I mean, being with Matt over these past 20 years has been absolutely heart-wrenching at times. You feel so helpless, even though you're giving everything you could possibly give physically, emotionally, mentally, but at the end of the day, it's the person is, is it's, it's up to them a hundred percent. But, you know, also in addition to, you know, I want to say traditional addiction, which is, this sounds so weird, but there are so many new addictions that are coming up, whether that's social media, you know, whether right. that's devices and just that need to feel like checking your phone every five seconds. And you know what? We all struggle with that. Like mm-hmm. this is a new wave of addiction mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that's dangerous. And, you know, I always think about young people, especially young women, I can't imagine what it's like to be a young person having access to all of this false reality and comparison and all these things. I just know, remember what that was like being 14 or 15 and just feeling insecure. And now I can't imagine the exposure that all these women have. So I always just try to keep everything in mind that everyone's going through their own struggle and, and, and it's sad, like, like for me personally, my son's about to turn one and I haven't seen my parents since he was born because they're all on the East right. coast in LA. So that's devastating. Wow. You know, yeah. everyone's, yeah. I, I haven't seen my family in a year and that's devastating. And I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm a very positive person. I'm very lucky that I'm just, that's just the way I am. But of course I get super down and, and very overwhelmed and depressed. And so everyone, I think it's important to think that every single person is going through something and that's yeah. called empathy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think there's nothing more important than gratitude, empathy, and compassion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think it's so true. It's amazing. You know, and, and, you know, there, when you're, when you're talking about words that are so important, you know, Allison and, 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 and Lily, I would say one of the things that's when it comes down to recovery for me, because yes, you know, I'm going to go through those mood swings and I'm going to, there are going to be moments, honestly, where, you know, I'm just in the shower and a black cloud of depression comes over you. You know what I mean? And it's you're like, why is, does it, does it always seem like it comes at 10 30 at night? And then 
I find something to take my mind in a different direction, which is absolutely so important, you know, whether that's a show that I watch or a record that I put on or or I start to write or do something like that. But, you know, it's recognizing those things and not giving into them anymore, you know, not giving in saying, and realizing that a drink is not going to fix it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not going to make it better. It's going to make it worse. With addiction as a form of self-medication, that's something that Jeff struggled with and still struggles with and something my dad absolutely struggled with um, in using addiction and using substance to treat mental health issues and to self-medicate for mental health issues. So I wanted to know in your experience, Matt, if that's what you feel like addiction was for you, was like a self-medication yeah. for mental health. Absolutely it was. I mean, it was the way to get out of those feelings. Um, and, and just like Duff said, it would come on. There was no, you see, sometimes you would just either wake up depressed or like, like I said, be in the shower. I use that as an example because it's a true one. But yeah, those feelings would come on where you don't even understand why. Um, and all of a sudden it feels, you feel this incredible darkness. And that's what I was doing. I was self-medicating for years. You know what I mean? I was... And, and to the point where you're doing it and you're not even really aware that you're doing it and you're caught up in the cycle. One of the things that I noticed, you know, in this last bunch of months that, you know, I've been staying sober is that there was one day that I, when I was very, very upset about something and, and somebody had really pushed a button uh, that, that really, and then I stopped and I said, okay, this is where you would usually lose control. This is where you would pick up, you know, a vodka or you pick up uh, whatever it is, you know, a bottle of wine. This is where you would make the wrong turn. And I think it's so important with that self-realization that I now can see outside myself um, that where it can be a major mistake to make that wrong decision. You know what I mean? And um, Duff's absolutely true. And, you know, I know that. And I know, you know, as, as your dad struggled, you know, that is the thing. It's self-medicating is, is the hardest thing to do. And it's like, you know, it's important to see those signs and, and get other help, whether that's, you know, a, you know, therapy of, of some sort or, you know, or other sometimes some medications that are good to help people out with certain kinds of anxiety. Uh, I, you know, everybody does it different ways. I know that exercise has really helped me through this and I'm constantly exercising, but I've been keeping my mind and I've been keeping my, my body. I've been concentrating on, on physical, mental and spiritual, uh, you know, stability and growth. And those are the things that are so important. You and know? they go so hand in hand. You can't, you can't yeah. have, they have to be balanced. They have to yeah. And I think like, you know, it's consistency and conviction is everything, you know, it's like, and it's, that's why I stay so connected uh, to my network of, of sober people out there. And um, it's definitely a gift to have either, whether it's one person in your life or a handful of people in your life that they provide a soundboard for you. You know, I yeah. can't stress that enough as part of mental health and it's helped me throughout my life. I'm blessed. I have two older sisters who are like strong, fierce femmes. I'm very lucky. I have like two unbelievable women and my mother too. But like I was born with this network. But I think that advice I give to people, no matter who you are, find that person or people that you can trust a billion percent <laughs> that 
no matter what, you know, they love you unconditionally. And you, even if you don't talk with them all the time, maybe it's your friend you lost touch with, but you know, they have your back, you know, those friends that you don't <laughs> talk to for like years. And then like you catch up again, it's literally like you just spoke yesterday. But like, even subconsciously having that knowledge can like change your whole outlook your whole demeanor totally yeah exactly i just think those people stay in touch with those people respect those people love those people drop them lines like thinking of you just keep those people in your life because there's nothing more important than that i agree with that allison i think you should always let people know that they're important in your life that you love them every day or as often as you as you possibly can yeah allison in addition to being the queen of rock at Spotify. Um, you also are a health and wellness coach. And I think that's so huge and something I appreciate so much because just growing up in the music industry, there can be, especially like on tour, like a, a significant yeah. lack of self-care, you know, like that's something that's not, that's not necessarily always prioritized, especially by musicians. Um, so I love that that's kind of like the a duality of what you do is appreciating music and like being so entrenched in music while also focusing on self-care. So I was curious how, how you got into that and what the importance of that is for you. Sure. Um, I think that music and fitness have always been my two pillars, just mm-hmm. always. I mm-hmm. just, I grew up playing sports I actually grew up dancing, playing sports, just being very active and physical. So the same way that I just, I live for music. I also live for just being active. Um, It's an outlet for me. The same way, you know, if I get pissed off, overwhelmed, upset, angry, and I put on music, it's the same way I want to go for a run or a hike, being outside, moving my body. It's like a moving meditation. So um, I guess I'm lucky that I genuinely Mm -hmm. enjoy uh, fitness. But I think it even became more important as I got older because balance is everything. And it's the hardest thing. Right. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> this is something I have been working on my entire life. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I like came out of the womb, like Zen, like balance. No. <laughs> I am like very proud of my personal journey and I have struggled and, you know, even being with Matt in my 20s in New York City, I was out of control. You know, I'm lucky I never battled with addiction. I'm very, very lucky. But I was all or nothing. You know, I I think, was it like Aerosmith? Whose quote is it like, if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing? Uh, That was literally like, I think that was like my MySpace quote. You know, like, like I've just always been so hardcore. That's my personality. I give everything 100%. I give everything... Right. Aren't I so intense yeah. about everything? Yes. Um, yeah, we do it. That's it. That's how we do. That's, yeah, that's why we get along so well, because that's how we are. We're, we are very all or nothing. I, I was always work hard, play hard, you know, so I'd be out at night with bands and, and, you know, partying and hanging out. And I was in New York, so you're out till four. And then I would somehow like wake up the next morning and literally go for a run. Like I was like, I don't even know how. I like was out of control and like the whole moderation thing and balance that always sounded so boring and like, oh, I, that's just not me. Like I'm not wired that way. Like all that talk. Right. I, will, I will tell you it was something I've worked at over mm-hmm. years. And now I have the opposite mantra where I'm like, less is more. You know, so I still value fitness and self-care. It's it's a non-negotiable. So I have that. But I'm almost like, what's the least amount of fitness I can do where I'm enjoying it um, and maximizing the efficiency before it gets to diminishing returns? Because too Hmm. much of anything is not healthy. So I always say, as being a health and wellness coach, everyone's like, first of all, 
what's the best workout or fitness? I say, whatever the one you're going to do and enjoy doing, you know, that's literally the answer. So whether that's walking or boxing or doing yoga, whatever it is, that's a gift if you found something you enjoy. And everyone, I work out literally like 20 minutes at a time now. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah. I just like get in and get out because a lot of times people are also have the all or nothing mindset. They're like, oh, right. I don't have time to like get to the gym and take this class or who has time for an hour and then they don't do anything, you know? Right. So I'm like, take the pressure off. That's yeah. like, that's so huge just for me personally to hear you say, because you're someone that I look up to so much in that regard and I, I mean, you're literally describing me right now. I don't have two hours, so I'm not going to do it. And now it's been right. like two months and I still haven't done it. Right. Um, but, but it's, I was just talking to a group of my friends recently who are all my age and, and we were laughing about how like, we're all 20, 21 years old and, and realizing like, we're really learning how to be people, like how to balance, like, okay, like I drank water today and I ate today. What is it that I forgot to do? Shit. I didn't sleep. Like I forgot. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it's you're trying to do all these things and learn, yeah. learn how to be a person. And so to be able to hear from you and you as well, Matt, that like you worked to get where you are. I think that's yeah. something that's, that's means so much to hear, you know, especially from, from people that are now in good places that weren't always in good places like that. that and means- I'll also tell you that it's an ongoing process. You know what I mean? And I think the key is though, and I know this is cliche, but it is to enjoy the process. Okay. You know, it really is. And it's also about taking like little time out to actually note your progress Mm -hmm. and to be proud of what you've accomplished to this point. I think that's key. It's, it's a self-love. I think when you take those little moments, like, you know, what's great. Let me just take a second (laughs) (laughs) and be like, I I did this today, you know, a week ago, I couldn't do this or a month ago or a year ago. I never would have imagined this. Like, I think to take the time out and give yourself some credit is massive. It's a huge part of the journey. Definitely. And I, I was curious to hear from both of you about, um, you know, tying everything in with the music industry, because obviously that's where you guys have been and that's been your passion your whole lives. Um, how you've seen the focus and intention around mental health and wellness change in the music industry since you guys have been a part of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I can tell you that, uh, you know, I've seen so much change. I've seen the acceptance, uh, the stigma is not quite as bad and as hardcore as it used to be where people really looked down on or, or, or judged people. I mean, they, I mean, there's still, we're dealing with some of the stigma and we're, and we're working on that. We're working on, on changing that, but I have seen it get so much better. And, you know, I look back at, you know, you know, so like people that, you know, were before me idols of mine, whether it be a Keith Moon or Phil Leonard from Thin Lizzy, just people that, I, you know, or John Bonham from Led Zeppelin. And I see, you know, before there were people that really understood that, that there was treatment out there and they could get help. I mean, uh, there was there, there wasn't that there then. But, you know, it's become much cooler to not be a mess in rock and roll. <laughs> like people, right. like really, like, you know, I, it's so many people are, uh, you know, like they realize it's like, no, it's not. We don't, we don't want to be a, a complete mess and, you know, we, it's not a good look. Let's, let's be healthy. <laughs> One of the great things about social media and specifically in the younger generation that I love is that everyone 
talks about their struggles. You know, the fact that we have this social media platform, the good thing about it, because there are a lot of not great things about it, but one of the great things about it is that people use it as um, a catharsis and that, you know, for so many people to share a, a, a struggle is, med- is medicinal for them. And, and it's so medicinal for others to be able to read about the struggle. So with the introduction of social media and the younger generations in particular, I think it's been incredible an incredible way to destigmatize mental health issues. I think that in this day and age, people are being much more communicative about it. And that is so empowering, not just for the person, but for everyone to hear the story. It's all about honesty and communication. Fans are always hitting me up about fitness tips. <laughs> I like, I prescribe like when bands were touring, like I was like, I should probably start a show where I was like prescribing workouts that bands can do on the road. I was like demonstrate for them and send them like the videos. I've done that for so many bands. That's awesome. And so I know both of you have kids. Allison, your son is significantly younger, younger, I think, than than your daughters, Matt. But um, I am curious what, you know, coming from my generation, and, and I'm super interested in how parents relay information about mental health and emotional intelligence to their kids what have you talked, I mean, not quite yet, Allison, but maybe what are you planning mm-hmm. on uh, talking to your kids about mental health and about addiction? Uh, for, for me, um, you know, my, my children are both well aware of it because, you know, they've seen me go through my struggles. Um, and that's one of the things that I think a lot of parents worry about who have struggled like I have because I know a lot of men uh, that are, uh, you know, that have suffered in the past with alcoholism or addiction, whose children also have struggled and right. have gone that way. And it's, you know, and I know it's heartbreaking. I've been extremely lucky and blessed that both my daughters, neither of them have gone in that direction. But we do talk very openly about it all. Obviously, I can't speak to Cole about things yet, but I was very blessed. I have and continue to have the most amazing relationship with my parents and my family and they were the best parents. And I plan on doing this with Cole always. It was communication and it was a mutual respect. No matter what age I was, my parents always treated me with respect. They never gave me a curfew. They would never interrogate me. Like they would trust Mm. that I was making good choices and I always did feel like I could talk with them. And I remember, and I'm dating myself because there were payphones were available. My father, every night I'd go out, which was all the time, he would make sure I had multiple quarters. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he would say, I don't care what time it is. I won't ask any questions. Never get into a car with someone who's been drinking or using. I just want you to be safe and I will come pick you up at any time. I just thought that was so amazing that he was understanding my world you know um I was a teenager but like whether I was doing those things or not but he just was like I want you to be safe it's all I care about and I just thought that showed so much respect that I never wanted to do anything to disappoint them because they gave me respect so I wanted to respect them we always had such an open and honest relationship and I definitely plan on doing that with Cole and I think that it starts early I think you and I think things are starting earlier and earlier with kids. Especially when um, it comes to emotional intelligence. That's like, yeah, being taught from like kindergarten on now. For real. Like I yeah. literally plan on starting immediately, just uh, getting the conversation going. You're both fantastic parents for that. Because oh. <laughs> that <laughs> no, openness, I mean, and that's, that's how it's always been with my mom too, is, is that 
two, like it goes both ways, the open channels of, of respect and honesty and communication. And especially when it comes to mental health, to be able to talk openly about that, because there's already such a societal stigma that there doesn't need to be a stigma, you know, in your own family dynamic as well. Um, I think something I like to talk about is that, you know, Matt and I are, we're, we're rock and roll missionaries. You know, we, we send out love and positivity and we use music to do that. And, you know, I, I feel very proud of this new show I just launched on Spotify, the Brock S. Allison Hagendorf show, which is a hundred percent inspired by growing up with Matt. Ultimate full circle, you know, growing up watching Matt on MTV, 120 minutes, like literally it's what I wanted to do. Right. And <laughs> now to have this show, it just shows that music is a universal language. Music is such a healer and such a healing, you know, facet for so many people, especially in these tough times where there's no live music or performances, people are going nuts, but hearing the music and connecting through the music um, has been so medicinal for me. It's just uh, a source of light in, in a very, unfortunately, dark time. So I, I'm very proud of this show. And I feel grateful that the community has come out to support this and are also Absolutely. waving the flag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's such a great show. And it's, it's so cool. And, you know, I listen to it every Friday morning. And me and Al talk about musical selections and everything else. We just go yeah, over stuff. Because we're like, you know, we're family. I mean, that's what we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I love that. And I, I just, I mean, in parting, I, you know, I'd really love to say, you know, just how grateful I am um, to, you know, have the love and support of, uh, of so many people, you know, um, and that she, you know, Allison's right. Music is the thing. It's the healer. It's the thing that lets you know, you know, that you're not, you're never alone. You know, when you have music in your life, um, even on those lonely times, it can get you through anything. It really, um, it's, or it can help get you through anything. And, you know, because it's something that I've leaned on all my life and I've always wanted to share with other people. I mean, and that's why I'm so grateful we get to do that. And I've been getting to do that for so many years. And the thing I want to do is I just don't, I want to make every day count. Mm-hmm. I want to do something every day to help another human being, and to just share something, you know, positive and beautiful with people. And, uh, and that's it, you know? So that's pretty much my story right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's yeah. amazing. And, and in a similar vein, yeah. I like to end all of my interviews by asking both of you, what is something that's giving you hope right now, whether it's mental health related or in general? My hope is, you know, I, I, I see my daughters, that they're both healthy and they're both creative. Mm-hmm. And they both are strong young women, and I love that about them. I love that they're they're real thinkers, and you know, and and you know, for me, that's so important that uh, that they have that strength, and you know, they uh, they won't be they refuse to be walked on. You know, they they're just they're just really incredibly positive human beings, and I love that, and I see that. It's like it's. If that's one thing that they got from me, you know, I mean, it was that true love of, of life and of people. Let me just give you a second. You're amazing. I'm, I'm, <laughs> you're not giving me hope. You, you're actually yeah. giving me hope right now. You yeah. are just such a light. And from one woman to another woman, like, yes, girl. <laughs> like, I'm just, yeah. I'm just yeah. wowed by you and just keep going. You are, you're magic. Thank you're you. strong. You're a beautiful, fierce spirit. And just 
keep doing you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm grateful for you. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. I, I yeah. appreciate your guys' relationship so much. I appreciate your positivity. I appreciate your support of each other, your support of me. It means so much. So thank you guys so much for being here. If you like this episode, please subscribe in Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a review. 